what does it really mean to say that God is faithful to provide? In today's episode, we take a look at a story of God's provision in scripture and how we can walk out the principles and application in our daily lives. You're listening to the Girlfriends in the Word podcast. I'm your host, Natalia Drum. This podcast is designed to dive into scripture through systematic study in books of the Bible, through cultural conversations with women today, or on specific topical studies so that we can learn what God has to say for our lives. My goal is to equip you to study God's word well and to encourage you in your faith journey as we walk together and become girlfriends in the word. Hey friends, happy Wednesday. As we continue in our God is Faithful series, this week I want to talk about God being a faithful provider. Now, this message hits home to me on so many levels because it's honestly an area of life where I have seen God serve as provider in so many ways in my life. I've seen God provide in finances. I've seen God provide in healing and restoration. I've seen God provide in big ways and in small ways. And sometimes when we talk about God being faithful to provide... People consider that only in the realm of finances, but there are so many different facets to God being faithful in provision. He's faithful in provision for protection. He's faithful in provision for wisdom and discernment and mercy and grace. And so today I just want to look at one of those facets in the story that comes from 1 Kings chapter 17. And some of you may be familiar with the story of Elijah and the widow at Zarephath, But today I want to take a look at it and just break down the story a little bit and talk about three things that I see in the story on how God faithfully provides for people. So going into the text today, and we are in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 7. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Now, I love this story, and I want to give a little bit of context to what's happening, because Elijah is a prophet in the land of Israel, and he's on the run for his life from King Ahab. And so he is tucked away in the the wilderness area of Israel, where there's this little brook, and God has been providing for Elijah. Now, A few important lessons from this passage, because God's provision in the story isn't just one dimensional. So you see, at the beginning of the story, God was providing strength and supplies for Elijah. If we had read the passages before it, God had been giving Elijah food by the ravens. 
And so as King Ahab had sought to kill Elijah and he's hiding away by this brook where he's got water in his nourishment, Elijah finds that his main source of provision has dried up. And so God sends Elijah off on a new course. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm Elijah, it would be out of my own frustration that I would get in the way and complain to God, right? After all, if I'm the prophet and God's supposed to be providing for me and he's given me a source of provision in this brook and he controls creation, why doesn't he just give me more water? He could keep a little bit of water in the brook that he's already been feeding me out of. And I would see that drying up of my provision as some kind of frustration, But see, that's not how Elijah looks at the situation. God hasn't stopped providing simply because that one source of provision has dried up. So Elijah simply waits for God to tell him where the next source will be. And I love that about him. He doesn't assume the worst about God because honestly, sometimes when I need God to act as my provider and I don't see something immediately happen, I begin to assume the worst about God. You see, you and I can get so easily focused on the source of our provision in the tangible sense that we forget that the real source doesn't lie in the physical realm, but in the spiritual. Our physical resources may dwindle away in front of our eyes, but the source of those resources is God, and he never runs dry and he never runs out. God needed the brook to dry up because it's part of being faithful in his word of judgment upon the land. And so when the brook dries up, it indicated to Elijah that it was time to move on from that spot. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm not willing to move from something until it runs out, until God kicks me out of something. And I think God knows that about us. We stay until everything is depleted. And then, and only then, are we willing to move away from what we already know. We're creatures of comfort and habit. So when the resources at the brook diminished, Elijah moved on to where the Lord told him to go. Now, the first thing I love about this story of provision isn't just that Elijah got what he needed but at just the right time. The first thing I love about the story is that the provision isn't just for Elijah. Elijah got what he needed at just the right time, and God met Elijah's need as he met the widow's need as well. See, God's provision is more dimensional than just our immediate needs that we see. Just when this poor widow was at the end of her rope and all of her resources had run dry as well, and she's out collecting sticks to go home and kindle a fire for her very last meal, she's discouraged and depressed and in utter despair. It's at that moment that she encounters Elijah. Now, don't rush over the words here too quickly. Her words matter. She told the prophet she was going home to make their final meal and prepare to die. And it's at this moment that God stepped into her story. Her fear had overwhelmed her. And when she thought there was no more hope for life and no way out of her need, God stepped in. The problem we often face in seeing God as our provider is that we have to get to a point of need before we see God move. And we are often doing everything we can to stay as far away from need as possible. We control and challenge everything when what God wants from us is to surrender our situations and make space for him to show off. This widow encountered Elijah and it changed everything. Not because Elijah had anything in himself to offer. As a matter of fact, he was in need of her resources. But what he had to offer her was the power in the word of the living God. 
and God provided physically for Elijah by allowing his resources to deplete so it would force Elijah to move to a new place where God would provide in a new way and even better than what Elijah had imagined. God provided spiritually and physically for this widow by using her as an instrument of grace to Elijah and using Elijah as an instrument of grace for her. In our moments of need, God can use our lack for someone else's faith. You've heard me say this over and over again, but faith is not done in isolation. And while there are times that we need to get away and be alone to rest or recharge with the Lord, the majority of our faith journey is to be done with others. We grow in faith as we walk out this life with others. This widow needed Elijah, and Elijah needed the widow, but they would never have gotten to know one another had they not both been in places of need that led them to the same place. So often I hear people ask, why doesn't God stop such and such? After all, if God is faithful to provide, why didn't he just keep making the water flow the way it was working? And well, he could have, but God sees what we don't see and he works in ways that we don't work. It serves him and us better at times for things to run dry so he can fill them to overflowing in ways that we could never imagine. The second thing I love in this story of provision is that God often provides in unexpected ways and in unexpected places. Elijah had no way of knowing that God would use a Gentile woman in a pagan land to meet his needs. And the widow never expected an Israelite prophet on the run for his life to be the answer to her desperate prayers for survival. Yet God wove their stories together to meet their needs and to bring his name glory. And really, a jar of oil and a jug of flour that had an unending bottom? Who would have thought that would have been the solution? That's the way that God provided It's not at all what we would expect. Yet there it is in the text. And imagine each morning as the widow woke up and went to the containers to make that day's food. And she looked into the jar and into the jug, wondering if it would be filled to the full again. And sure enough, there it was. Enough oil and enough flour for another day. Each day reminding her that the Lord was providing Just as the prophet had said so, God was doing it. God didn't drop bags from the sky full of flour and jugs full of oil for her to learn how to ration it out. He simply met each day's need with oil and flour, serving as a constant reminder of his faithfulness. The third and final thing that I love about this story is that God used each person's faith and service to bless someone and themselves at the same time. Now, don't get me wrong. This isn't some kind of name it, claim it kind of statement. I'm not saying that if you have enough faith for a new car, poof, one will come. What I am saying is that both Elijah and the widow were in dire need. They lacked the resources they each needed. And yet in those moments, when asked to serve with what they had, they both did so in faith. Elijah had the faith to take God at his word. He left his little cozy brookside camp and headed into a pagan land simply because God said go. And the widow, she had the faith to use the last of her oil and flour to make a bread cake for Elijah. She had no idea if she could really trust the prophet's words or she was just giving up her final meal to some crazy man. But she acted in faith. Friends, as I look back on the stories of my life, and the seasons where God has provided in big ways and in small ways. I can see these same patterns. 
Each story is different and the circumstances rarely overlap in similarities. But I can see God's hand of provision in places of lack and despair. I can see God allowing things to run out or to run dry or running to their end so that I would be uncomfortable enough to move out of the way, to move somewhere else, or to move my heart into new territory for him to work. I've seen God use unexpected places and unexpected people and ridiculously crazy manners to meet needs. Situations where I just scratch my head and think, well, I never saw that coming. And I've seen God call me to faith and service. Faith in him and his faithfulness and service to others. Because as I've said before, God isn't looking just to provide for us. He's looking to provide for others through us as well. So this week, I want us to think about the ways that God is our faithful provider. Maybe you need to make a list of the stories in your life where you have seen God provide for you and write them down. Spend some time thanking God for those stories and look for ways that he is providing for you right now. Give him praise for that work. And maybe you're listening to this episode and you've got some big areas in your life right now where you need God to provide for you. Perhaps it's a job or some financial needs, or you've got a relationship or restoration that needs to happen. Or maybe you need God to provide healing or wisdom. Whatever your circumstances and whatever your need, God wants to take care of it. His ways may not look anything like what you think they should look like. And as a matter of fact, I can venture to say that the means and manner of his provision will probably make you scratch your head and wonder too. But God is faithful to provide. He knows what we don't. He can see what we can't see. And he works in ways that we can't even begin to imagine. So trust him this week to be your provider. I promise you won't be disappointed. He is faithful. Until next week, friends. Just a reminder for you, friends, that there is a He is Faithful devotional guide that you can download for free on my website, www.nataliadrum.com. Just head over to the freebie resource page and download your 31-day devotional and study the faithfulness of God at home. Grab a friend, download a copy, print it out, and create a Bible study together or do it on your own. I promise as you walk through the faithfulness of God, you will come to see him and appreciate him in a whole new way.